You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. And joining me this week in person, in person. is Tina Amini. It looks oh, like she's yeah. far away. She's I actually know. much closer to me than <laughs> <laughs> it appears that she is right now. She's joining me here in the L.A. studio yeah. here for Summer of Gaming and some other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. And then joining us remotely are Sam Claiborne. I'm the giant head of Samuel Claiborne. And the giant head of Justin Davis. It's also you should reach across for people watching the video, like make it look like you have a crazy long arm by reaching <laughs> over through us and like touching. Can you can you get all the way over there? Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you're slightly. No, stop. Apologies for everyone that's. We can move on. We can move on. It's for everyone that's listening to the show. Sorry, these are just video goofs that we're doing here. Tina is with me in the studio here in LA. Sam and Justin. Nice right to home. see those uh, GameScoop graphics trotted out for the first yeah. time in a while. Yeah, these are uh, long time viewers Sorry, will recognize this <laughs> pixelated uh, space r- graphics. Yeah, those are designed for the last mind. generation of consoles, so they look yeah. a little bit a little bit up res. up resed right now. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. We're gonna uh, we remastered them uh, previously, and we're gonna remake <laughs> them in a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, GameScoop Game Part One. <laughs> yeah. Game- <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got a great show for you this week. So much to talk about. Uh, Summer Game Fest happened. iGen's uh, Summer Gaming Expo just happened. So there's lots of big games to talk about, some smaller indie games to talk about. We're going to get right into it. But first, this is going to be a bittersweet episode. It is. Isn't it? Because I'm sure many out there in Scoop Nation have already heard this is going to be Tina's, True fans. Tina's last 
episode of Games Goop with us. This is, this is basically your last day of working with IGN. Basically, yeah. I mean, yeah. because of the way summer events work, I'm kind of working through the weekend as well. But basically, yeah. yeah. And hopefully not last, last ever. That's true, I'm yeah. i have to crash some of Well, yeah. Those. But yes, very bittersweet. I'm very sad to leave. I've really enjoyed four years at Game Scoop and four yeah. years at IGN. Sometimes it feels like I've been here so much longer, and other times, especially because of the two years of pandemic time, it feels oh, like man, yeah. it's been nothing. Just a blip. Mm. But um, you've all been so supportive, Scoop Nation, and, and Damon as well. Damon has been such a fantastic host and supporter of mine since the beginning days and even entrusted me with the keys to games yeah. a few times so that he could take some well-deserved vacation. So thank yeah. you. And it went so well each time. I mean, yeah, yeah. no problem <laughs> time, especially that first time. <laughs> they were not Tina's fault. I'm not implying that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. All of us were like very sad to be losing you, but also very excited for you in your Thank future. You. Like, I don't, I don't, you're not talking openly about yet about no, where you're going. Yeah, yeah. But it's a very cool, it's a very cool thing that yeah. Tina's going to go do. So he knows some scoops. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> scoop master. Um, yeah. It's very good. So very happy for you on that front. But like, yeah, you've just been, you've been so awesome to have on Game Scoop. I've been hosting this show for 16 years now. A lot of IGN. Uh, personalities have come and gone. You're one of the absolute best. Like you made the show better. I think you made me a better host. I love it. You're always so like well prepared and oh, you do yeah. all of your research. My notes. Yep. So it's been it's been really great. Uh, you'll be irreplaceable on the show. I actually don't know what we're probably gonna have to cancel Game Scoop. Shut the whole thing down. This is it. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> no more video game podcasts <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the only video the game whole, podcast. Whole, yeah. The world's only video game po- podcast panelist is leaving. Yep. Yep. What do we do? We made it 680 episodes. Yeah, we got there. Is it 680? I thought this was 679. No, this is 680. Oh. But technically, it might Who's be 679. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's sure. Nobody, oh. not, none of us are counting, that's for sure. Well, yeah, let's we make the most of it. Save 666. Before we have to say goodbye to Tina, let's make the most of it. At least we've got some really big news okay. to talk about. That's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a good note to go out on. We had um, in, at Summer Game Fest yesterday, actually before that, the Last of Us remake, the long-rumored Last of Us remake leaked and then was confirmed mm-hmm. a short time later. And that's coming in September. There's some interesting things to talk about there. But then also today, another report has God of War Ragnarok coming in November, potentially. Yeah. This is a report from Bloomberg, uh, and it's information that IGN has also heard. Yeah, so we heard originally um, was going to be around September, which right. is interesting because now The Last of Us remake is going to kind of take over that time period oh, for Sony releases. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it should be, well, I guess I'm sure we'll get into it more, yeah. but are we talking about God of War now? Yeah, let's talk about God of War. Okay, let's talk about God of War. So November is what we're hearing, but um, as is Bloomberg uh, and Jason Schreier, but who knows? Like, there's anything can happen between yeah. now and a couple months from now. That's the crazy thing about the wild world of development. Well, yeah. I, well, I hope this is true. Me too. Because, yeah. you know, even though we got some new release dates this week with stuff like um, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, mm-hmm. um, well, we got... We already knew Callisto Protocol. We got... Yeah, well, we got that last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But the, the fall was still lacking, like, a really, really big... Because without Starfield... Exactly. If God of War Ragnarok landed in November, that would just be an awesome, like... Be perfect. ...holiday mm-hmm. game. Yeah, we need something to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, still no one took. I joked about this today. No one has taken eleven, eleven, twenty-two. Yeah, that's since right. Starfield oh. since Starfield left it open. No, that one cursed day. That. If God of War took <laughs> that, it'd be great. I want that to happen. It would be great. Um, Maybe they will. November's in that territory. Yeah, still time. How do you, Sam? How do you feel about uh, God of War arriving in November? 
I mean, I couldn't be more excited to have a giant, big November game that everybody looks forward to. And of course, we always think about Game of the Year when we talk about a mm-hmm. big game that's a sequel to a previous Game of the Year, right? And so, you know, a lot of people have adjusted their uh, um, their kind of rhetoric around uh, Elden Ring to be that's their favorite game of all time or that it's the best experience mm-hmm. they've ever played in a game. And so, you know, that makes it really interesting. Because if people that, you know, originally it was like, I don't know how this is going to go up against God of War. It's going to be an amazing end of the year. But now that people are being are saying, like, this is my favorite game I've ever played. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> God of War has a, an even bigger hurdle to get, get over in the sequel. Or maybe that uh, recency <clears throat> bias will kick in. Everybody will be like, oh, I like how it's sure. more concise and has a better story. Like, who knows? I just yeah. I can't wait to see it play out. I'm going to be eating the popcorn and the gift. There's <laughs> definitely let's let's see. So game of the year talk is six or seven months after Elden Ring, which is just enough time for like the backlash cycle to start. And then you're gonna start <laughs> to see message boards and Twitter threads about like, look, it's good, but I don't know. Like the Sekiro bosses are better. Like that's we're we're like we're weeks away from like all of that starting to kick in, I'm the inflection, sure. Yeah, right. Man. That's so true. I mean, we talk, we've talked about recency bias on this show before, too, and like how that can impact mm-hmm. Game of the Year talks. And we're all human beings, so we got to take this stuff into account and, you know, uh, account for our biases, our inherent biases, which obviously forgetting about games that were released in January or remembering or, you know, having that mm-hmm. recency bias with games that might come out November 11th. Problem um, solved. There's yeah. nothing released in January. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this year, that's true. Or like, you know, in Q1, let's be yeah. general. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting for us because we start building a lot of the roadmap in October. So we got to hustle yep. for those November, December releases to make it happen. Well, here's hoping God of War Ragnarok does make it out in November. But that September spot is now apparently taken by The Last of Us Part 1 remake, which is a little bit of a puzzler to me. Like, I, I'm sure I'll play it, but I think a lot of people are just kind of like, huh. Like, even though it's been rumored, mm-hmm. just now that it's official, it's like, it's just... Wait, you're really that, doing that? <laughs> it's not that old of a game. It's on, no. play, it's on PS4 and looks great. It's so, been remastered for PS4. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like... But they, I thought a key point from that reveal... Well, if you have a more of an intro, you can do it. But I oh, I, I just, it's just my regular BS. <laughs> oh, okay. You're just ranting. Yeah, well, well, let me interrupt your regular BS then. And then, uh, I, which is usually charming and wisened. Um, but uh, I think it's interesting that they, in, that, that they, in the announcement, um, Neil Druckmann talked about a different set of leads and kind of a different team working on it, right? Hmm. And he talked about, you know, this is also implied too, but like when, when there's a remake like this, it doesn't hold back necessarily companies from working on other stuff. So it's kind of like a, um, I don't know. It's just like, I think like they're clearly working on all kinds of exciting naughty dog games, but it's kind of amazing that they can do this at the same time because it is, yeah, it is a lot of work, but it's not the full work that goes into a game. And it just means that they have, you know, on the business side, a game out this fall, Right, which is exciting for them, and then for us, it's just kind of good news that they can do more development. I just think that's cool. Well, they described it yeah, as I rebuilding mean, it from the ground up, like we're, we're seeing that in the footage right now. And I'm so curious what that mm-hmm. means because, based off of the trailer and the footage that we've seen, and if you go to IGN.com, we've got a side by side comparison mm-hmm. between the remake and the remastered uh, footage, the identical footage. So you can see it's mostly just lighting, colors, and then animations, but they say theoretically they're supposed to be uh, modern, I'm quoting here, modernized gameplay, Mm -hmm. improved controls, and expanded accessibility options, as well as enhanced exploration and combat. So I'm curious what that means, and especially if they're talking about it as rebuilding from the ground up and remaking it. Like, Mm -hmm. how much smoother is that going to be? What is exploration going to mean? 
I yeah, I definitely get the impression that um, that the cutscenes, right, are going to be like kind of one to one, but with the new models and new lighting and just 60 frames per second 4K. But the gameplay, I think my expectation is that it's going to be kind of more materially different. And it's The Last of Us 2 gameplay, but sort of in the world of The Last of Us 1 and all the improvements that came along with that. Um, I was not like I was kind of a hater of this project. I'm like, I don't need it. It's too soon. But then once I saw them side by side, I was like, yeah, OK. This looks really, it looks really, really good. Like in my mind, I was like, The Last of Us looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. I don't need to see it remade. But then like once you see those character models compared side by side, and I do have a really beautiful 4K TV now, then, um, you know, I kind of, after that first reveal, maybe I'm just a cheap date, but you know, it won me over from there. I'm like, I I understand now and I get it. Although it does still hold up and looks great. And I saw a lot of like our commenters in our community also saying the same thing, like, Sure, it looks better, but at the same time, this just reminds me that the original and the remaster still totally hold up, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want I want 4K 60 FPS. Sure. Well, you're going to get it, Justin. Yeah, even like... Mm, I'm excited. <laughs> there's a side-by-side with the faces. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's yeah. from the trailer or if we made it or whatever, but like to me, the faces in the remake don't look better. They just look different. Different, like yeah. A different yeah, interpretation. Like different yeah, like different details. Oh, and it's man. interesting because sometimes like Ellie's face in the remake looks grittier, like she's just been through some stuff. And then in other scenes, the remaster, she looks like dirtier and dustier too. So it does seem like more of a maybe incremental design decision, like maybe based on the context of where she's at in the story. Who knows? But but all we've well, been able I to see was... from the trailer so far is just the visual stuff, lighting stuff, yeah. details. I thought it was an interesting point that they brought out the original, uh, you know, voice or just actors, right? And yeah. uh, they talked about how this is more the fidelity gave, gave, and this might be marketing, right? But they say that like the develop the, in this development process, they gave it a, a more accurate performance because of you know technology now, right? So it's like their faces and everything, you know, are kind of like up res, but then also like their performance should be a little bit truer because there's more facial musculature or whatever, which I think is like, I mean, that's just really interesting to me. And like, I, you sure. know, I'm just, I love that behind the scenes stuff. It's really cool. Well, it's even like, I, we, I, I, I'm curious to play it just as a curiosity, even like mm-hmm. to see how it turned out. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I'm curious about <clears throat> is because I really like the stealth gameplay and I felt like exploration was really cool because it tied in the narrative. Like you'd, you know, you're looking for a ladder, and you're you're having a you're having a conversation in the meantime, and like that makes exploration that much more valuable because if you let them linger, they'll just start commenting on things around them and extend some of the dialogue between the the two characters. So I'm curious how they're gonna amplify that. Yeah. Like that's the thing we weren't able to see. What was your comment, Justin? Oh, just uh, well, two things. One, I don't, I don't love The Last of Us that much. So I'm surprised that out of the four of us, I'm the one most excited and most like jazzed about this remake. I just, I really think it looks beautiful. But like one sort of counterbalance to that is that I am extremely bummed out and disappointed that it is seventy dollars. It just seems crazy to me. Hmm. You know, I know, I know it's a remake. I know it's not a remaster. Like I understand all that, but I just. Like, come on, like, you, they, they, no one at Sony could convince them to be like, we got to release this product for like 50 bucks, guys. Like, come on. It just seems nuts to me to be charging full price for it. Maybe it's so, a deal right after lunch. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly like, I'm disappointed that it's 70 and then it just screams like Black Friday bait, which is two totally. months after its launch. Totally. Yeah. It looks I like the, uh, I, I didn't see, I didn't read this explicitly, I, I but I see that there's, you know, DLC uh, stuff in this because I played that DLC and it's fantastic and they show some scenes from it and the DLC is really <clears throat> yeah they're the selling line. it as a package so there is that too 
I wonder if this remake would be happening at all if it weren't for the HBO show. Yeah, because they also announced some details about mm-hmm. the HBO show at the same time. So certainly from a marketing perspective, it's yeah. like hand I mean, in hand. It's, it's, if, if the HBO show is good, mm-hmm. presumably a lot of new people are going to be introduced to this world. That's true. Maybe they're interested in checking out the game. They want to present the game in the best possible light. Absolutely. And then he, yeah, Neil Neil Druckmann also said specifically, like, I'm working on this show myself. And he made a claim that it was going to be like the most faithful adaptation too, which obviously is a huge sensitivity for the the games community. So um, if that's true, it could be, I mean, I loved the the storytelling of the first one. So if that is true and it's going to remain faithful to it, I'm sure the show will be great and I can't wait to watch it. Um, But that is a very unique thing about that game that could show really well in a TV show. So I'm excited about that for sure. I'm really curious to learn more about it. Well, that that actually brings up like a little bit of a concern I have, which is like I don't really need to play Last of Us for the story again. Like I, I am only excited to play it again for the the graphics and the gameplay, right? Like it's just like mm-hmm. I, I know the story. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, that that's funny. Like when I hear faithful adaptation, like am I gonna play this game a, a time again and then watch a show that follows basically the same plot again? Like how many times do I need to see? those zoo animal names redacted. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's going to be that faithful. I think it's just going to be faithful to the tone, the characters. Yeah. Like I'm sure there'll be some side stories that we haven't explored some context extra, you know, maybe additional characters that are interacting with them, but generally following, you know, the look and the feel and the atmosphere of everything. I think that's what they mean by faithful, not like scene by scene cinematics. Although that would be wild. I almost hope they do that just for the commentary. (laughs) Well, then there's also this The Last of Us multiplayer thing mm-hmm. that they talked a little bit about, yeah. showed a screenshot, mm-hmm. didn't provide a lot of detail still, but it's something that's still being worked on, and I think they're going to talk more about it next year. So this is still a ways out. Yeah, but that's what it's like, it's like big enough to be its own standalone mm-hmm. thing that... They talked about story and characters and stuff, yep. so it sounds more like a Red Dead 2 online. Red Dead online. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, an RDO, like, which would be awesome. Do you guys remember the Funcom game... Uh, Secret World from like I, yeah. many years yeah, ago. Yeah, I never played it, but... Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. And then it was like rebooted at a point in time, but it had like huge aspirations for these different factions. So The Last of Us 1 multiplayer, because this is The Last of Us 2 effectively multiplayer, but becoming a standalone thing because it was planned for two, <clears> and then they wanted to make it this bigger, ambitious project. And yeah, Neil Druckmann said it's as big as any of our single-player games that we've done, and in some ways bigger. So they're really selling in this. Um, as a standalone experience. And what I remember that was originally promised about Secret World was the concept of these different factions and you kind of like impact the world. Did they find (laughs) Secret World B-roll? Good job, though, (laughs) honestly. Amazing. Every time. Um, But yeah, the the concept that they were selling was that you'd be part of these different factions and then, you know, coming up in different worlds and then having a different impact on the environment, too, and then like highly competitive against like effectively other groups of people, um, aka the other factions. So The Last of Us 1 multiplayer was Mm factions-based. You could play as the Hunters or the Fireflies, um, but a little bit more simple in the sense of, like, very unique for its own multiplayer experience. Like, it's not a Call of Duty experience. It's very much a, like, scavenging horror survival thing, but with other players at play. And you could, like, loot loot boxes or loot chests or not the microtransactional ones, just, like, in-game concept ones. Uh, And then craft items. So it was, like, very unique to The Last of Us world. So I feel like they'll take that, but it would be so cool if they can get into something, like, RDO Secret World-ish, where there's just, like, big story missions and you're coming after other factions and you can act maybe even like impact what 
maybe server by server, like you can impact what the environment is and what the other stories and missions you'll be doing. But that's just my like pie in the sky. Like, wouldn't it be cool if kind of concept? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely curious to see, you know, next year, hopefully what, what they're doing with multiplayer for the last of us. And then they also just said that Neil Druckmann is like working on another game. Mm-hmm. Something else. And then he made a joke, if anybody at Sony wants to leak it for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Tough day. Tough day. <clears throat> this episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learn a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, some very welcome news we got this week, something I've been waiting for for a long time, a release date for TMNT, Shredder's Revenge. It's coming very soon. Next week, next Thursday, June 16th, yeah. launching right into Game Pass. Which maybe it's that so rad. With... What's that? Yeah, I, well, the thing that I didn't know if it had been on, did we already know it had six-player simultaneous multiplayer? That was a new thing that was announced this week. Yeah, oh, yeah six-player so cool. mode, Casey Jones <laughs> reveal, and the release date reveal. Yeah. I love it. Can't yeah. wait. And I, I, maybe it had already been announced it was coming to Game Pass, but that's news to me, and I think yeah. that's so awesome. I don't. Can but, any Turtles fan explain? I know, I know images of Casey Jones, and I know that character of Bagley, but like, what is, is that from? From something that people like a lot? Well, it's from. I know it's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja like, is that like a cartoon character, <laughs> like that people care about? Yeah, yeah. He's like He's a just cool, a character he's one of the, the cool show. characters from TMNT. He wears a hockey mask. He's like a toy. <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like, what's, what's what's the background? He's he likes like a vi- sports. He's into yeah. every sport. Well, also, he's like a vigilante, right? And then he ends up just like teaming up with the Ninja Turtles to fight bad guys. Okay. Okay. That's why he has like not only a hockey mask, but a hockey stick. Yeah. He's a sport fan. 
<laughs> so this is a hundred percent a Damie game. I wonder if it's a Sammy game because Sam, Sam, you know, Sam likes games from the era that this game is based on, but brawlers don't always do it for you. I mean, yeah, I, you know, they're they're just short, and you know, you get through them. If they don't have like something extra, I don't really see what the what really the appeal is. But I want to see everything in them generally because yeah. like it's fun to watch. But like, if it ain't Castle Crashers with like this giant like overlay of like interesting, you know, leveling and grinding and character development, like. There's just not much to it for me. Well, you're going to be able to see everything. Yeah, like it looks like it's fun to play through just see like how cool these environments look rendered in pixels. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the couch play too, like playing with five other people. Like how many games give you the opportunity to do that these days? Yeah. I'm very excited. Hopefully I can get some games. I can get some (laughs) playtime in it uh, before uh, the next episode of GameScoop. We finally got sort of a reintroduction and a release date for Marvel's Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Another bit of a curiosity for me, because uh, during the Summer Game Fest, they showed another trailer, but it's just a cinematic trailer. Mm-hmm. They didn't show any gameplay. However, you can find gameplay on IGN.com it's right true. now, because we have a preview of it, uh, of it. Our previewer played it for five or six hours, has lots of game footage, and I actually think it looks pretty cool. I'm like encouraged mm-hmm. by what I saw. That's, that's why it's Good. confusing to me that in the show, they I didn't know. show that off. Because like, this game kind of had something to prove, it was announced last summer, had kind of a mixed reception. Uh, it ended up getting delayed from its initial release date into the nebulous back half of the year. So it's like, okay, here it is. This is it, it, time to shine. Yeah, time to like get every, you know, tell everyone why they're going to be excited for this and when they can play it, but they don't even show the game. That was actually kind of a problem with a lot of games on the Summer Game Fest show. This one, Aliens Dark Descent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Flashback 2. Well, none of these games showed any of their gameplay. That's right. frustrating for me. I think I think it's like, if you're a game developer and you want to show off your game or you want to get people excited for it, but you're not confident in showing the gameplay, I don't know. Well, that's the interesting like decision-making that goes into these things because they're thinking, this is the big, flashy like stage show environment, so we want to show like Demon right. Hulk reveal. We want to show Spidey in the new suit. Like We want to show Venom and like Lilith coming and showing off some of her superpowers in terms of being able to like convert people to the dark side, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing that like works well on the stage show. And they timed the embargo for the preview, which includes the footage. And I think it's the first time that we've seen like proper gameplay. Like I think we've seen like characters walking around the hub area, like the HQ area, but not really like the actual combat gameplay. So um, I think that they timed it in that way. So it was one of those situations where you get your stage show time and then people go online uh, to places like IGN.com and find like the, the follow up, the like deeper dive information. So, and I think that there's a little bit of a, I don't know, uphill battle for more mainstream gaming audience when it comes to card-based gameplay. Like, I know you're a fan, Damon, and we should sure. truly all be fans after Inscription last year anyway. I still like, played Inscription. Should have opened the door. Oh, you really need to play Inscription. I know. I know. You really do. Bring it to console. Yeah, there you go. Switch would be perfect. <laughs> but yes, it's it's actually really interesting looking, and the way that um, Liana Hafer, our our previewer, described it was, because um, people just assumed, like, oh, Firaxis is going to be XCOM, but with Marvel characters, but it's actually more of, like, a tactical RPG with a lot of like relationship building and a lot of like ample quests to go through side missions to do with other characters so you can build up your your loyalty with them um so yeah it seemed really seems better than expected and yeah. now we actually know what it is if you looked at the previews anyway <laughs> yeah you can see the um the little bits of Xcom that are in there mm-hmm. at a glance you know you're, you're moving you're you're taking turns moving your units around a board yeah. and attacking enemies 
But also at a glance, in XCOM, you just have sort of like a, a group of similarly similar-looking soldiers. Yep. And now all of your units look unique and colorful, mm-hmm. and they all have different abilities. So mm-hmm. it, it, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm interested. And you could grab new abilities, like you could discover cards um, and then level them up too. So there's um, there's all, just a lot of like uh, extra progression in there too, yeah. on top of the XCOM movement experience. So now Midnight Suns is set for October 7th. Justin, what say you? I think it looks super, super rad. Um, you know, Damon, to your point about a stage show, like I think if you're an action game and you're not showing off gameplay, that's somewhat sus. But, <laughs> you know, the, they don't have a lot of time. Like they have a 90-second yeah. slot or whatever it is. And so it's a little tough to get into gameplay of a game of this style. Like even if you're watching the video right now, like what you're watching is like a cursor moving around and then a character moving around and a card plopping down. Like (laughs) this game looks like it's going to be, and based off the pedigree of the developer is I think going to be deeply satisfying to play. And um, I'm really, really excited about it, but it doesn't, it's not splashy in a way where you can like see at a glance, like what makes it tick. It's a game that you kind of have to sink yourself into and sink your teeth into to really get. Um, But XCOM and XCOM 2, like, low-key some of the absolute best strategy games ever made of all time ever um and you know to see them uh taking on marvel in this way in kind of a i don't know i mean it's not like that bold or like crazy revolutionary but they're not doing like the most obvious thing with it like they're clearly taking a thoughtful approach to what they're doing with these characters in this world so yeah i think it's gonna be rad sam how about you I mean, you lost me at cards. I think the... the <laughs> Inscription! The, I, I think the character designs look awful. I think it's mm-hmm. the worst Marvel game look you could possibly Even like, worse entertain. than Marvel's Avengers? Yeah. That game looks really... That game looked like they kind of took the characters and they're like, listen, we need to make them not look like the actors. Let's just move their eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> and I think we're good. I think we're good, right? This game just looks like they went off of like uh, their own idea of design, but it doesn't look like comics, which it could have, right? Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. look like yeah. Marvel versus Capcom or something, which like really stylized something to look awesome. Like yeah. Spider Man's eyes just look bad. It's just like, wow, what are you guys doing? I, it's I, supposed I to be like, like Wolverine looks so bad. <laughs> so it's supposed I, to be like Wolverine some of the- looks embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like everyone is typing. <laughs> um, well, it's supposed to be like the, because Midnight Suns, the comic it's based off of, which I'm actually not super familiar with. I've just been reading about it. Um, but it's supposed to be, you know, darker and there's this injection of magic, like Lilith is a magic based um, uh, villain in this case. And so the costume design is supposed to reflect that and, and make it kind of unique in the same sense that Midnight Suns was unique uh, in the Marvel series as well. Yeah. Allegedly. That's what I have oh, heard. Oh, I like the I, I mean, like the Mortis animated Mortis snap that we've got. Going. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we should for make for me, the characters are the characters and their cards are just piles of uh, stats. Yeah. They're just big stat that's piles. Yeah. For people. yeah, and and I don't I I don't care. Like after after I've played the game for uh you know whatever an hour, I'll turn off any single combat animation I can, any of that flashy stuff. I'll turn it off. I'll skip it. And all I care about is two numbers crashing in together and seeing which one of those yeah. sets of numbers wins. Somebody should make that game. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. uh, also that also cracks me up too because I know a lot of people are used to watching XCOM style gameplay, and we all know what what turn based RPGs look like. But it is really funny to see a bunch of Marvel heroes standing and breathing in place like this. Mm-hmm. Well, like one Wait, person fires, turn, yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, another person. I just like. 
I don't know. It's hard for me to suspend my disbelief, but that's only because I really like the Marvel movies a lot. Uh, I, I rewatched them all recently and I'm like super into them. And, you know, people are used to this complaint. Like the genericness looks weird. Um, but in this case, it just looks off to me. And then like, I do like other Marvel styles. Like, trust me, I grew up reading Marvel comics. I love, I love it. And I just wish we'd choose one. I wish like somebody would be like, let's make this look like a Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man era thing or something like that. Like, it'd just be awesome. And it just I, never goes down that way. Yeah, I do agree with Sam. I, I think the gameplay looks fun, but it, I'll, I'll admit that it's Mar. It's it's sort of generic looking versions of Marvel characters. Well, look at Spider Man. I mean, come on. <laughs> like who? Do, who is that for? And then Wolverine with the big fins on his head. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> Another game that was announced yesterday <laughs> with a cinematic trailer and with holding back gameplay until just a really, really short glimpse at the very end is Aliens Dark Descent. New Aliens game, um, cinematic trailer, and then the gameplay is like isometric, <laughs> top-down, squad-based, and it was a little bit confused. Everyone was a little bit confused as to what it was at, immediately after the reveal. I found the game's uh, official website, and then Tina found its Steam page. And mm -hmm. there's actually more information there, so we actually have a clearer idea what it is. Yeah. But again, it's a, it's a situation where, like I think Justin was saying, <laughs> a top-down sort of like, you know, it almost looks like a twin-stick shooter, even though I don't think it is. Mm -mm. Maybe that's... People might be less excited for that than if they think they're getting a new first-person shooter Aliens game, right? But yeah. anyway, the developer is Tendalos Interactive, which is a French developer I'm not familiar with. Uh, they have a... Uh, They've made a few games that I had never heard of. But I do think Tendalus Interactive sounds a lot like the Wayland yutani Corporation from the Alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's how they got the gig. <laughs> so the official description is, in Aliens Dark Descent, command a squad of hardened colonial marines to stop a terrifying xenomorph outbreak on Moon Leth. Lead your soldiers in real-time combat against iconic xenomorphs, rogue operatives from the insatiable Wayland yutani Corporation, and a host of horrifying creatures new to the Alien franchise. And that last sentence gives me pause. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what is it going to be? Well, what? <laughs> so, but you can't have you can't just have them shooting aliens, the xenomorphs, the whole time. I mean, yeah. well, but okay, but so yeah, well, yeah. the ice Soldiers, level, they're going to breathe xenomorphs. fire. In, yeah, in, you need more. In this world of movies, there's just the aliens, yep. and I, I admit Who the cares, prequels have kind of, <laughs> the prequels have kind of effed everything up. You know, like in in yeah. the original Alien, it takes place in the year twenty one twenty two. All that, all that far in the future, they had never discovered another alien creature ah. until they discovered the alien. And now in this bomb. game, <laughs> there's just gonna be like, <laughs> what are you? You're such a grinch about like they need they need. It's a twin. It's a shooting game. Like if yeah. something's moving over there, you just shoot it, and then it yeah. explodes yeah. in a pile of goo, and it doesn't matter. That's true. And I think what, so like there's another part of the description where they're saying um, that actually whatever your command, because you can command your squad, obviously. Yeah. Um, and there's five different character classes and a leveling up system. So you're like adapting what your strategy and your gameplay is and like what you actually have accessible to you. And then apparently the enemies will catch on to your antics. So if you use the same strategy, they'll eventually start to circumvent it and account for it. So maybe that's why they wanted to throw in a couple yeah. of other enemies yeah. so that it's yeah. like adds an interesting strategic dynamic of like, I don't know, maybe it's like flying xenomorphs, you know, like, I mean, I guess they can crawl on anything. So that doesn't really like <laughs> make much of a difference, but it'd have to be a different kind of uh, combat tactic there. Apparently there's permadeath and you can mm -hmm. customize your squad and then develop your base to research yeah. new tech and improve your squad cool. even further. So like that, sure, yeah. that sounds yeah. cool. And not just permadeath, Number, but a persistent world. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not just permadeath, but there's a persistent world. So you can, <clears throat> some of the strategy in each level is you can find shortcuts, you can create safe zones, and then motion trackers that impact the level permanently. So like anytime you're unlocking these things or creating these new openings or setting up traps or whatever, that'll change the way that that level inherently permanently works. So that stuff is interesting yeah. sounding. And then also it says, um, carefully manage your soldiers' health, resources, and sanity mm. to avoid mental breakdowns. So sanity so effects. I didn't read about some the sanity darkest, bit. Yeah. some darkest dungeon in there too. Mm. So, eternal you know, that, darkness yeah. too. Yeah, in eternal darkness. So that sounds cool. I'll, I'll keep an open mind. That one's coming 2023. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. What do you think of Aliens: Dark Descent? Let me just say, yeah. I don't think I played a lot of good Aliens games, but the mm-hmm. Alien Pinball Machine that just came out is so good. <laughs> cool. You should seek it out and play it. It is awesome. It's like a Williams era wide body size game, so it's wide body, and it has the best looking. You can select alien or aliens, and you play games. You know the modes are based on that, right? And so they have one called Find Jonesy, where it shows you several <laughs> paths, and it shows the cat. The cat is Jonesy. Let me just get that out of the way. Yes, and it shows yeah. you like Jonesy's hiding in these places, but then the, the, the all the lights go off, and so you don't, you have to remember where Jonesy was and try to like shoot that ramp, right? or that passage, or that that loop, or whatever. And then the lights will come on, and you'll see Jonesy again for a second. Be like, no, Jonesy moved over here. You got to find Jonesy. <laughs> and if you don't find Jonesy, it's really sad. Because Jonesy yeah. survives that. Jones- Jonesy is a survivor. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for however. Until, yeah. <laughs> until Aliens, which I don't know. No, Alien well, 3. Alien 3. Right? No, no, no. Aliens, she survives because she doesn't. She gets left yeah. behind at the beginning of Aliens. So, right. uh, oh, okay. Ripley doesn't take Jonesy to back to the, you know. Oh, the really? Yeah, I thought Jonesy was in the little ca- pet carrying case. Not on, uh, not in Aliens. Only in Alien. In Alien, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. so yeah. Jonesy gets to live out her life. Apparently, she, get, she gets adopted, adopted by someone back on Earth. Oh, that's a great ending. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jonesy lived happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, no, yeah, this game, like, I, I don't know. I'll give any g- Alien game a try. I love the universe, and I think uh, it's very uh, easy to ruin. <laughs> oh yeah i mean everybody in the comments on our um announcement when we wrote up the announcement was like why didn't you just make alien isolation too like is that not what we want too, yeah. and it was such a powerful entry in the series and obviously there's been many other missteps uh in the aliens history um but i don't know it's so much more interesting now that i've actually like read up on it and it seems more strategic than i was expecting based off of the three second gameplay we got there are many more this missteps expensive trailer in the Alien franchise, there's many more missteps than there are hits uh, yeah. across movies and video games. And-, and yet we still love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I, put- I mean, I think it's just the best design and the coolest. I mean, the a- Alien and Aliens are, are two polar ends of horror, and I love them both so much. Okay, Sam, you have a list of some indies from this week that yeah. caught your eye, right? Let's do it. Yeah, I do. So I uh, watched the IGN Expo, the Devolver show, and the Day of the Devs, and a few other things, and just wanted to see like what, what stuff would stand out for the Game Scoop crowd. So hmm. there's a couple themes here. The first one is going to be kind of games that I think this crew would like. They're, they're gamey games, mini games, I forget what we call Justin games. Um, so let me go down the list. And I, I really encourage you to check out these trailers. I think we'll have some of them queued up. So the first one is called Plucky Squire. It is a game in which you're a little uh, a cartoon character that's in a book, and then you pop out onto like a very hyper-real desk scenario, mm-hmm. right? And so you're going between uh, 2D and 3D, like um, uh, a link between worlds. So it's like platformy type um, stuff in a mixed 
2D perspective with 3D. And I really like how it looks. It's like as you explore this room, there'll be like a, you know, like, I guess, like lunchbox thermos art and stuff that you're in for a little bit. And so it has that kind of like feel of, um, of, uh, of that intense design that Cuphead has with, uh, you know, mm. kind of like platforming stuff. I don't know. It just like, it looks like designed as heck. I really like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw we'll, people we'll talking talk. about this. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Glad I'm not alone out there. That's Punch-Out reference right there, by the way, yeah. that we just saw, too. Which, so uh, clearly there's some retro game references. And here we'll see the character pop out in 3D, which is cool. really neat. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Okay, so uh, another game I like is called Time Flies. Now, this game is, a, uh, I think, a little bit of a... It wouldn't exist mm-hmm. without Goose Game, because it has... It's about being a fly, or a series of flies. And it's kind of like a Goose Game parody, because each fly has... Um, uh, it's a time to live based on like average adult lifespan in different countries, but like reduced by a factor of a thousand. So it's like you have 70 seconds to live. What are you going to accomplish <laughs> in your life? And so like what, you know, it'll be like land in a glass of wine and get drunk or like, you know, uh, collect a, a coin or something. There, there's a bunch of them. And then it scratches <laughs> them off that same like little text list that, that mm. Goose Game, Untitled Goose sure. Game did, which is really, really funny. And I love, these are like, I would guess I would describe it as like Apple II graphics or like, but also it's kind of like Mario Paint, which has a fly in it, right? (laughs) And uh, I think that's really funny. And I think it's funny, like you can die, but you can also make these achievements by the levels. And I just, I love it. I just think it's a really cool idea. Um, It makes me think of um, Minute, that game where each of your lives is 60 seconds long and and you had to get a sword and like try to make it easier for your next 60 second life to progress through the I game. Su- I suppose it's a type of rogue too, right? Cause you're just like, you're learning in your brain what you do next soon. Wow. That was really fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just have the most amazing producer on the show. Uh, so uh, uh, another one I liked is animal. Well, so animal. Well <laughs> is a, a, a game that uh, it's, it looks like it's a, it could be a Metroidvania. It's, it's an exploration based 2d game, right? So mm-hmm. a Metroid like kind of, but uh, what's cool about it is that like uh, the, the, designer described it as a, with 4k you have like a thousand times more pixels on screen so even what you're seeing right now is a good example of that like the it's pixel art with like amazing lighting effects and stuff like that that is not unique or anything like that i just think it looks badass and i love it and i like how like the characters little and the world is big and then uh, there's also this hint at like puzzles being something that people had to work together to solve over long periods of time i like that in tunic a lot there's like this kind of meta to tunic that took a lot of work and look at that map I mean, come yeah, on. Awesome. We all love awesome. maps, right? It's great. So that looks cool. Um, I'm going to give... Like, uh, I like their scan line. They're like scan lines built into the graphics. I, like. I know. I know you get so much fidelity that you could expose the uh, the crappiness oh. of a, of a CRT oh. television. Uh, yeah, and that's a cool effect too. Doesn't it look like... Um, it looks like... Uh, uh, well, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like Super <laughs> Nintendo. Okay, so um, then uh, Shim is uh, an artsy Frogger game. Mm, finally. Uh, finally, art house. you see this? Finally. You're like a little Clamoring shadow creature that looks like a frog, and you need to cross streets and get around town and stuff like that. But it's like beautiful design. It just looks like super, super cool. So look at that one. Um, and then uh, one that I was supposed to write down the name of, and I didn't, and I'm so disappointed, and I feel really bad, but I loved it. But it was a game that was, it was a, a based on um, like an unpacking type idea, which I, as you know, I love, but you put together puzzles with like objects in your house and then a cat just comes and messes with them. <laughs> nice. So it's like, 
you're putting together these great, like, you know, like it's like arrange these plates or forks or whatever, but like, there's actually like a little puzzle to it instead of it just being rando. And then sometimes this like furry little cat paw comes in. It's like swipe and just messes it all up, which I love. Uh, I will. I'm sorry. I didn't look up the name of that game, but I think it's easy to find. It was in the, uh, uh, day of the devs. Um, and then three retro sequels. I wanted to bring up just to be really quick about it. Uh, one is flashback Two, which you already mentioned. We didn't get to see what it looked like. It was already announced, but we got to see a trailer and it kind of has a cool, Look, the flashback already looked cool. It just was awful to play. Yep. So, I mean, but now they can make it actually playable. What if they don't, though? What if they just go <laughs> yeah, full Prince of Persia on us? <laughs> yep. Uh, Sam, was the cat game from IGN Expo, or are you talking about a different show? No, it was from the shows yesterday. I think it was from Devolver. Oh, okay. Or, or, there's or, a, sorry, it was from uh, Day of the Devs. Because we had a gameplay trailer of Gory Cuddly Carnage, which is about a, uh, yeah. from our story, uh, a little cat riding a hoverboard and violently eviscerating evil unicorns in a sci-fi city was the was the snippet Whoa. that we used. Yeah, I watched not that, that game that was a good one too. But look at that! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, I'll figure it out though after I stop reading through my notes. Um, okay. But uh, there, well, there's also uh, Little Nemo and the Guardians of Slumberland. This is ostensibly a sequel to the NES Little Nemo game, but like uh, which was a Capcom like, game. Yeah, Capcom game, but also based on you know an existing. IP, well, yeah, for yeah, lack yeah. of a better term. I, I think, think there is an 80s animated movie about Little Nemo, and then I think it predates that in comics. I think it's an old-timey comic, like books. Tintin, right? Yeah, yeah it's something mm. like that. Um, so somebody got the license to this and made like a pixel art Nemo game, but then you like watch it, and it's like the whole thing with Nemo, first of all, it's like the best music ever, and CJ famously never beat it at our desks. This is the game. <laughs> What's, can the producer tell us what it's called? Probably, maybe, maybe he doesn't okay. have... Anyway, yeah, this is the cat game. But uh, then uh, uh, let me get back to Little Nemo, though. But thank you so much for finding this, and maybe we'll see a cat paw. Uh, but yeah, Little Nemo, like, the, the idea of that game is that, like, you feed candy to animals, and then you can ride them. And yeah. it's really fun. So you have to kind of, like, solve these kind of platformy puzzles and, and exploration with uh, riding animals. Uh, this game didn't really seem to have that at first glance. So I don't know what it is. Look at the NES games you stuff. Cool. My kind of game, right? It's um, like WarioWare, almost like, like short little game, micro games. Mm-hmm. The game is called A Little to the Left. Ah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Very sweet. Thank you so much, Red. Uh, and then the final one is one that I know is going to be a Damien game, or already is, and it's uh, River City Saga Three Kingdoms. Damien, you don't know want to talk about that one? Yeah. Cool. Well, also, yeah, Justin, there's numbers smashing against each other in this one. <laughs> oh, there are. Yes. I can't tell if it's a straight River City brawler, but it's like set in uh, like what feudal China, I believe, like yeah. Dynasty Warriors. Romance of the Three era. Kingdoms type. Yeah. Does it yeah, have exactly. the same character style? Yes. Well, one, yeah. So uh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this looks great. Isn't that insane? It looks so good. <laughs> yeah. There's like a really, lot of characters. There's a lot, a lot of characters of numbers, on screen, a lot of numbers flashing. And there's like, look at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. There's like zoom in. <laughs> there's like zoom in summon attacks. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love we it. doing anyway. I, I didn't. I didn't take notes for an indie minute, uh, but I have a couple that jumped out at me. Sure, cool. Um, on the IGN Expo today was Super Zoo Story, which is a Stardew Valley like. Although it's very like so. When I hear Stardew Valley like, I'm thinking about like a pastoral, like chill out game yeah. with good vibes. But this one's like so Stardew Valley like that I'm like mm, I'm pretty sure that exact bush is literally <laughs> in Stardew Valley. So it might be you know. All that matters is that there's new romance options. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I'm hoping that these are actually original assets and they're not <laughs> from Stardew Valley. But anyway, like, this is my kind of game, um, and but it's a zoo, right? So you're building a zoo and meeting people, taking care of these animals and, you know, yeah. customizing your zoo. Like, And they don't eat super. You. 
and they don't eat you. Look at that did, penguin. Did, you feed did it. you also see bear and breakfast in this genre? Right. Yes. All yeah. these pastoral games. I love that. Like, so first of all, I love Stardew Valley, but the thing that I doubly love about it is that it's so well loved by everybody else that now five years later, five plus years later, we're getting to enjoy this renaissance of, you know, these pastoral chill out games. Absolutely. Where, like, all I want to do in life is feed a fish to a penguin and then a heart <laughs> appears above the penguin. That's it. This is, well, this is bear and breakfast. Animals talk to you. Cool. This is a bear um, and breakfast. So this, this is, is a different game. Yeah. yeah, this is where you're interacting with animals and humans uh, and trying to run a bed and breakfast or some type of business as a bear. And, and then look the at the bear's one, walk. Isn't that great? <laughs> that's a really good walk animation. <laughs> um, Damon or, you know, or anybody else. Have you ever played Downwell? I'm aware of it, but I haven't played it myself. The developer of Downwell has a new game called Pointy. P-O-I-N-P-Y. Pointy. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it's actually on, I don't know if it's exclusive to this platform, the comp, but the context that I saw the trailer and came across that game is it's a Netflix game where Netflix has oh, had so. games for a while yeah. now. And it's, and like, I don't know if I would call the creator of Downwell's new game, like a, a killer app, but I promise you that it's going to get me and many other people to check out Netflix yeah. games for the first time. And it's similar to Downwell, but now you're going up. You're going up. So yeah. it's oh, up. Well, yeah. Um, That's a cat. and so, it just looks, yeah, it looks really, really good. And like, it's one of those games where if you're watching GameScoop, maybe this footage doesn't look like anything, but Downwell was just, um, it was perfect. Like the game felt perfect to play. And like that moment to moment, like satisfaction of just like feeling exactly just right. Like I Netflix trust is. this developer. Oh, no, this is Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm, um, I'm very excited to, uh, to download it and play it. Is it out now? Cool. That's a good show. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I don't know also, how Netflix games work. Like, is it on so I to download <laughs> the app on so, my phone? Like, I know like one of their games is on Apple Arcade, so it is possible that it's still oh, the same okay. for this one too. Oh, cool. I don't know in particular Perfect. for this one. Yeah, this is okay. new territory for them still. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. Thank you for that indie update. Both, yeah, lots of good stuff. In Seriously, there. Of good work. Welcome. Before we move into twenty questions, Sam, do you have something you'd like to share with the with with the camp? We should do it after twenty questions. Okay. In that That's case, that's okay with you. In that case, that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Greg, who says, I was sad to hear the news about Tina. She'll be very missed as a regular on GameScoop for the past few years. Thank you, Greg. I'm going to miss you, too. Let the questioning begin. Do we, b- by the way, Damon, did you see that there's a new Netflix Castlevania show? Yeah, it's been up with Richter. Yeah. Oh, funny. That, so it's an actual Belmont we know. Yeah. yeah. And that probably means, like, if it follows the first season that bled into Castlevania 2, we're probably going to get Symphony of the Night. Mm, so well, jazzed. Yes. I mean, then they'll have to bring Alucard back, you know? There's also yeah, an animated era. Netflix Dragon Age so which was kind of a surprise. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wild. yeah, wild. Yeah. How um, many years like, There's, like, this much overlap between, what, Rondo of Blood and then uh, Symphony of the Night? So I mean, it'd be awesome if they ended the show that way, like, right, just have them barely overlap with. I mean, Richter, this is that I'm not like deep into Castlevania lore, but that's like the same time frame. So it's totally possible. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's going to be rad. Is Richter Um, in the beginning of Symphony of the Night? Is that why you're saying that? That's how it opens. It ends up with him fighting Dracula. And then, yeah, exactly. And then he's in the. I don't want to spoil. Okay, I, I guess it is doesn't. See the one that Dracula it. lectures about what is man yeah. and stuff. What is a man? Mm-hmm. Well, why and do then, you play as Alucard then? 
he reappears. Well, he it's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, okay. Richter's Richter's in the game later as well. So yeah, he's okay. he's a part I of it. I don't even remember all this. Yeah, I just replayed uh, Symphony. Nice. Um. What? Anyway, twenty questions. So, <laughs> this, uh, what were we doing? Is, would you call this an Amini game? Yes. Oh. Ooh. Um. Is it part of a series? Yes. I think it's Final Fantasy X. It could be. It could be Borderlands. It could be Red Dead. Um, where do we go? We already had the, the fantastic Zumbazis. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what it's called. I actually keep forgetting what the name of the Something, The Legend of the Zumbinis? The Legendary Journey of... I don't know. Um, yeah, I forget. Super Zim Wazzles. Yeah. Zumbinis. That's the only part yeah. I remember. The um, Zambonis. <laughs> uh, wait, where should we go with uh, based off the ones I called out is it's, a, is it, it's an amini uh, game so you gotta yeah just lead the entire thing <laughs> yeah. um, um is, is this from was this on the the playstation 2 era of games yes mm-hmm. that doesn't quite narrow it down i think it does is it is it a final fantasy game oh you yes. do think it's oh okay so it is definitely uh it, what's the what's the blitz ball is that what it's yeah called? blitz ball i was gonna go <laughs> with that, that too it doesn't one? have blitz ball <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just do it? Record yeah. in five? Is it Final Fantasy X? It's Final Fantasy X. Yay! <laughs> I made it too easy for you. Seriously. Uh, I love it. Greg, how can you? We shouldn't have already mentioned Greg. this game when we had mentioned <laughs> three games. Yeah, right off the bat. Like, we just say it could be Final Fantasy X. Did we already mention this game? <laughs> Greg said, uh, if she'll be on one last game soup episode, uh, I'd like to suggest picking one of her all-time favorite games for her mm-hmm. last round. Said, I hear a few suggestions from what I've heard her mention on mm-hmm. some episodes of some of her favorite games. So he gave Final Fantasy X. Could have also been Portal 2, Inside, or The Last oh, yeah. of Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those are good ones. But yeah, Final Fantasy X. I mean, um, I don't know if I've told the reason why Final Fantasy X is, is such a personally impactful game for me. Because it's not the best Final Fantasy game. I've just played this thing several times. And, you know, you could like go and replay cinematics in one of the hub cities because they were just so gorgeous at the time. Like, just so incredibly they artistic. They don't look terrible. Um, but they were really, like, very different at, for, for the time that it was released. Um, but, yeah, I had a very personal experience with it you know i was going through spinal surgery at the time and very limited in my mobility but you know that i had this whole big grand world to explore and i was very focused on all the little details you could do which is why i love rpgs in general but like you go and you get your ultimate i forget what they're called legendary legendary weapons for each of the characters and that in itself is like a whole journey and a whole quest and there's tons of these moments where you're just interacting with people um uh and like I don't know it's just an incredible uh, all around narrative characters cinematics like all the little details you can do and all the customizations that come from all the new uh, armor and all the things that you get too it's just it's just very cool very good experience this doesn't look bad for a PS2 game kind of yeah right 2001 yeah and then it That's was crazy. they did an Square, HD man. remake they re-released it for the Vita when that was a thing and I replayed it when it came out on Vita too just any excuse really I've never Did we even mention that there's a there's an FF7 stream next week where we might hear about FF7 stuff? Well, maybe but the stream's only 10 minutes long. Ah, well, how mm. much do you need? They only have 10 <laughs> minutes that game, man. You know it. Oh. I can like hear the music by the way, the battle starting music. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. We're not listening to it with the footage, but yeah. you see the glass breaking, the shattering impact and I just remember exactly what it all sounds like. Love that feeling. All right, so oh, are you ready for story nice time? Yep, story time. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. <laughs> so, wow. These are fake. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to read something here uh, on, on Tina's departure. Mm. It's I didn't write it. Bilbo Baggins wrote it. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. So here's the thing. All right. I'm going to set up this context here. Uh, this is from uh, Fellowship. So um, uh, at this point in, in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, Bilbo's leaving the Shire, and we know he's going to leave the Shire, right? He has his big party, and he wants to leave. Now, now, unlike the first time he left when he was kind of forced out the door, and unlike Frodo's departure from the Shire, Bilbo wants to go. He has an adventure ahead of him, and he's like, I, I can't wait to get to this, right? That's a different context than the rest of the Hobbits have uh, on their journeys, right? And, I, and so that's why I think this was especially apt to read. So on his way out the door, uh, Bilbo uh, uh, pauses and talks to Gandalf, and he says, you know, you know, well, I'll just read what he says. He says, take care. I don't care. Don't you worry about me. I am as happy now as I, as, I, as I have ever been, and that is saying a great deal. And then he goes down the road and sings softly to himself in the dark. And this is what I wanted to read. He reads a poem that he wrote, or he sings to himself his poem. And it goes, the road goes ever on and on, down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and must follow, and I must follow if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way, when many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. And I thought that was an apt thing to read. We're all big Lord of the Rings fans for the context <laughs> oh, yeah. of people just tuning in now. And I, I could also nice hear I can hear the tune of that poem. Because I know. Of the movie, Gandalf so. hums it at one point and sings it later. Yeah. So, yes. Well, that would be that, the proper send-off if you all hummed it together. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been practicing our, our three-part harmonies. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you, Sam. Like, And very yeah. apt. And um, I'm probably sadder to leave than, than Bilbo was. Uh, so maybe not a direct comparison in that sense. But, because but what does gonna... Bilbo know? He knows he's going to see his friends again. Gandalf says that's at true. that point, hey, this is goodbye for now, but not forever. Yes, I like that. Goodbye for now, but not forever. I'm going to use that as my sign-off. But... Like Bilbo, Tina's going to live with the elves. <laughs> Which is just an incredible experience waiting to happen. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from that. So you really need to yeah. you know, grab life's opportunities as they come to you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you want to see the mountains again. Yeah. The, the mountains, Damon. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back with a ring and wow you all with yeah. my speeches and my disappearing acts then, too. At the very least, you can get rid of the damn ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Tina, long may you run. It's going to be, uh, you'll be greatly missed. Likewise, to you all. We'll we'll definitely be, uh, we'll be in touch. We will. Not going to be any strangers here. Yeah. And yeah, I, I assume exactly. you'll stay in the GameScoop Facebook group. Oh, of course, yes. I would uh, will be more active as well. I've never been much of a Facebook person, but I occasionally peep in there for Scoop Nation and saw all the really loving messages and really appreciated mm-hmm. it. Honestly, I was just very overwhelmed. Did not realize that there were so many people that appreciated me on the show as much mm-hmm. as you guys have said that you have. So thank you for that um, and for a wonderful four years. Yeah. It has been wonderful for sure. Yeah, we should wrap this before I get any more emotional. Okay, we are, <laughs> we're we're gonna have we have like a little like uh, a party thing we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can, yeah. That's we'll really why we gotta wrap and get out of here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. That is all the scoops that Tina has for you. Yep. For a while. But thank you to Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Red with that amazing B-roll. Yeah, always very very impressed. No, My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. And we're good. We good? That was so sweet, Sam. Thank yeah. you for that. Okay, I'm glad you liked it. I was gonna yeah. say we can cut that out if you if you don't want that as part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my style. Damon, that was terrible. We got <laughs> no, that was awesome.
Very, cool. very apt indeed. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, good cool show, scoop. everybody. Yeah, yeah seriously. So, really fun show. Wow, there's an old... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was right my that first clip. podcast appearance. That was the first oh, one? Yeah, yeah, it was beyond... This was like the introduction to me coming onto the show. Look how short my hair Who's is. Who's hosting then? Um, was Andrew hosting? I think I guess. so. Yeah. There were Maybe definitely Marty the would have been hosting right now. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, man, blast from the past. Yeah, this was just like my introduction. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, well, that's right. My first day was Andrew's birthday. Oh, was, so this really was line. your first podcast because it was the first day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Going on a podcast on your first day. I know, yeah. And I remember being like really nervous to join both Beyond and GameScoop. And with GameScoop, I was talking to Andrew about it. Um, and I was like, I don't know, I'm really bad at trivia. He's like, no, 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 20 questions is not difficult. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Tina, when you were on GameScoop, was that also during the time when we were in the audio only, like little room for a little while? Uh, no, I started video, then we went audio only. So oh, okay, I was there okay, through okay. the transition to audio. So the transition, only all, okay, like, so that yeah. whole time. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. that little Wait, hot that room. Was so did you? All right, well, guys. Sam, Justin, I wish you guys could. Uh, yeah, well, I know. I'm afraid to hang I wish up, you guys everybody. Were here. Seriously, Matt, you'll yeah. have a great time this week. It'll be fun. Let's take a picture of this little thing going on ah. here. Yeah. Here, I get my microphone out of the way. Yeah, that's a good I point. Wanna, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a picture of you taking a picture. Hold on, hold on. Let's do it this way. Here we go. Are you gonna take a picture of me taking a picture? I don't know how to do that. I already did. It was. I was so secretive about it. Perfect. Yeah, mine too. So it's over here. Hold on. <laughs> I can put the, put the glasses back on if I need to. Oh wait, I'm totally messing up this camera view though. We gotta go. We gotta go in. Justin, I think yours is gonna be better. I'll give right, it a one shot. One more time. One more time. Okay. Is just, it gonna work? There, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have no <laughs> idea. Because I can't. I don't look. even know. <laughs> it's gonna be very silly, but I will yeah. send some around on Slack or Seriously. text. Exactly. Cool. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, All right. we'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. You will. You will. <laughs> yeah, great show. Great mini shows. Talk to y'all soon. Have a good Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.